Hey guys, and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. Thanks for joining us again. I hope you guys are enjoying this amazing weather and getting out in that sunshine. I know I have been, definitely. It's been glorious. So, this week, I have for you... Well, I met this this fantastic, inspirational, incredible dancer uh, back on a show called Sweet Charity. I was heavily pregnant and wasn't able to to be able to do that much dancing, actually, but he did some incredible choreography for us, and uh, it was so much fun. You may have seen him on your screens um, a few years ago in So You Think You Can Dance, and boy, has his career blown off the chart. He now choreographs for Strictly Come Dancing, lots of Saturday night television that you will all know and love, and his story is incredible. So, I can't wait for you to hear this. This is the gorgeous and fantastically talented Matt Flint. Matt, I'm so glad you're with us today. Thank you so much. You know, I think if we hadn't been on lockdown, I perhaps wouldn't have got you because you are so incredibly busy. I don't know how you fit it all in. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm just going to talk to you a little bit about kind of the highs and the lows and the reality of of being... um, in show business and and you have done so incredibly well uh we both trained at the same college the same theater college your journey lanes (laughs) yeah big shout out to all the laneys out there um and i mean how has how has it been for you since leaving and i mean you've had a big game changer with um uh with a big television program which we'll talk about in a bit but how was that journey leaving college up to that point yeah it's a lot of years ago now isn't it um yeah i left <laughs> i left 2001 and basically did around 10 years in the west end uh touring uh films as a performer uh yeah yeah, as a performer, mainly a dancer. Uh, I can't, can't really sing. Somehow I managed to kind of forge out a uh, career in musical theatre without being able to sing. But so predominantly <laughs> musicals, TV, film, but as a performer. Yeah, absolutely. It, was it the was it the program that changed you into a choreographer? What did or did you see yourself as a choreographer early on? No, to be honest with you, yeah. When I was performing, I always used to have a real passion for choreography and I, I'd be in a show on the night and I'd always make sure I did kind of like the full days in performing arts colleges in the day to kind of really try and hone the craft a little bit and any opportunity I got to kind of do a showcase for that during them 10 years I was all over that you know whether it was at lanes or other colleges um, and that's kind of where I just it just kind of 10 years of grafting just to kind of got my skill down I think how did how did um so you think you can dance come up I mean how did you just see an audition did you get called up for it did you was that a conscious decision to suddenly go right I'm gonna I'm gonna get seen and I'm gonna you know step my career up yeah well it came around because uh, I did the second season they came around the year before and I'd, I'd seen it but I was like I don't know if it's the right thing to do kind of stepping into this kind of platform and you know you can get pulled down and it happens all the time so I kind of let one year go had a look at it and I thought you know I'll give that a shot the following year and I actually made a big decision because I got offered a couple of musicals I think one of them was Shrek in the Drury Lane and it was between taking the chance on So You Think You Dance or going into the 12 months of a, of a musical and I kind of was like you know I'm 29 nearly 30 I'm gonna go just have a go you know since yeah you, know, you only live once don't you did it change things for you instantly like did you suddenly could you not walk out on the street was it that dramatic or was it yeah. just people started to recognize you or I mean what's like, to your day-to-day people yeah what's really weird is like when you're on a show like that 
you get noticed in the street kind of quite often. And the minute the show finished, like no one notices you because everyone just moves wow. on to the next X Factor. But yeah. for me, that was brilliant because I did, I couldn't really stand the kind of known, you know, the fameness of it. Like if yeah. even, I work on Strictly now and people on, even the dance on Strictly say, as soon as the season finishes, they don't get recognised. It's crazy, like how wow. people, how people's like mind work. Did you have any moments of because something like that, a very intense show? Um, we spoke to um, Sam Barks, who also did the um, uh, I'd Do Anything show, and you know mm. that extreme kind of exposure, especially for somebody who's working in this industry and has has trained and has worked their way and honed their craft and everything, and then you do something like that that's massive exposure. And doing something that you love, it's almost like that you're ready for the next stage. But did it affect you in any way, emotionally, mentally, physically? Did did it change things for you? What I would say about that is I felt like I was at an age where a lot of the people in the show with me were kind of in early 20s. And they were dealing yeah. with as well. Because I, was, I felt like I'd been through a career and I'd already kind of experienced a lot. I felt like I knew how to handle it. You know what it's like when the producers try and manipulate a little bit of like yes. how they want the VTs to go I kind of knew what was going on and I tried to play along with that but you can't help getting I mean I, I said to myself I would never cry on the program but the minute <laughs> the minute you see like your family and you kind of like the VT of them in the audience crying you're like oh, stop it <laughs> it's, it's hard isn't it that I think I have a very small experience when I did the voice and mm. uh it was Again, it was really strange environment, but kind of normal for us because we're so used to auditioning. It's kind of part of it. I think the hard bit for me that it wasn't it wasn't that it was live on on national television in front of millions. That was okay. It was the fact that they had my family and they had my family on screen, mm. and suddenly you see everything through their eyes and you see them kind of feeling for you, and and that's what's hard to deal with. So I can imagine that you went through similar things. And, and those, like you say, the younger people on the show, it's a lot of pressure, isn't it, for to suddenly yeah, it is. have to deal with it that. It is, yeah. So uh, moving on to, you've you've absolutely done so well in your, you choreographed so many things, so many Saturday night television programmes, bit on Strictly. Has it all just kind of, um, do you think you've planned it slightly or do you think you wait for the phone to ring? Do you think it's still circumstantial or do you think that it's more of a choice and you, uh, you kind of go out looking for it? Yeah, I think you kind of create your own look in a way as well. Like all I try and do is like just when I'm working is be obviously as good as you can be, but obviously I'm just lovely to everyone and try and they're the people that just want to get you back in the studio again. That's how yeah. it works and it's, it's not rocket science. At the end of no, the day. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be somebody that people want to work with. I mean, that's so key. I, I'm th- I think there's lots of people that perhaps are more talented sometimes that don't get the roles because they're just absolutely, yeah. not as nice. Yeah, You have worked with lovely Matthew Bourne, haven't you? Haven't you done oh, a... Yes, didn't you yeah, do many a, years ago, yeah. Tell me a bit, I adore Matthew. I, I mean, I have a brief encounter with My Fair Lady and he choreographed it and he was just magical. And again, seeing nearly 20 years of him, his career just blowing up and changing. Um, he proper left a mark on me. He really um, inspired me, even though I'm more of a singer, but he just, the way he worked was so inspiring and mm. kind of so so simple in a way but so accessible to everybody in the room um t- t- tell me a bit about 
you know your experiences with Matthew and if he's still in your in you know influential in your life and if you still talk to him yeah don't really speak I see him every now and again at an event or wherever um he's good friends with Kevin Clifton who I'm good friends with we actually went to his wedding um and sat on the same table but yeah basically I was in musicals for a few years I really had my eye on being in the company and just give it giving it a shot and let's see how that side of it all worked and I was lucky enough to kind of travel I went to kind of Asia California, Australia. It's wow. a really nice, really nice traveling with it as well, which is fantastic. That's one of the brilliant things about that company. They go all over the world. Um, and yeah, it was brilliant. And it's a great experience. It's a very different experience to musical theater. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of in class, um, you know, every day in wow. the afternoon. Whereas in musicals, you're just kind of rocking up at you at 6 30 yeah. for your 15 minute physical. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very different, but I, I really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. I guess you're more like, I, I guess the, the muscles and stuff that you're using is is so much more, I guess, in, in, a, in a dance, in a proper, in a full-on dance show. Um, yeah, what's interesting about that as well is you learn kind of, it's a bit, the format's different. You learn maybe like three, I can't remember exactly, but three or four roles. And then every night people kind of like shift about so yeah. the show's always kind of ever-evolving, which is, which is really clever. So and there's like that- three... Is that just to save people? Is that kind of so that people don't get kind of repetitive strains, kind of keep their bodies moving in different ways? Or is that obvious? Yeah, and obviously nights off as well, you get kind of, you get shows off and the leads are always kind of changing around and there's two or three people playing the leads. And yes, yeah, it's, it's good. It's interesting. Wow. Wow. When you're um, auditioning, uh, do you, are you involved in, um, so for, so for the, the, the like the Saturday night television stuff that you do, or, or, or mm. do you actually choose the the dancers? Do you do the auditions, or are you presented with a team of people? Yeah, for, well, for telly, it kind of works in different ways. I always have a group of a pool of dancers that I'll just pull on, depending on what the gig is. Yeah, uh, a lot of shows, obviously, like Strictly, the dancers are there, and you know, different different scenarios for different shows. Whereas, you know, you know, it works in a musical. Kind of, you know, bring all this kind of new talent comes into the room. I mean, it's quite exciting, you know. I, I wish that happened in TV a bit more, you know, like you get um, set up auditions for specific TV shows because it's so fast-paced TV. Yeah, like, I could, I can need a dance, like I've just done a Saturday Night Takeaway and it's so last minute that you're, you're, you're looking for dancers on the Tuesday night for the Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. You know, wow. it's like, it's, it's flat out TV. Yeah. Oh, that's that is crazy. That that makes me my stomach go. I think I would freak out. But do you kind of do you enjoy that fast paced kind of lots of? I guess it's like going back to college when you're learning two or three um, routines in a day. It's very quick. You're it's it's fast paced. You know, it's not like a musical when you're you work on something for probably a good few months. It goes on. That's it. You're mm. in it for a year. I guess is that. Do you enjoy that more? Yeah, I mean, 90% of my work now is telly, but then every now and again I get the chance to do a musical. Like, I've just done like a Sweet Guys Charity. And Dolls. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Sweet Charity. Um, just the Guys and Dolls at Sheffield Crucible, and it just getting in the room for that kind of six weeks is just quite refreshing because you get to kind of go and, you know, really make it what you yeah. want to make it. Sometimes you watch TV back and it's a bit like, Oh God! If only that. Oh, if only yeah, this. Yeah, you don't get that time to kind of settle it in, and you don't get the time mm. to experiment and work together, which is what th- I think is why people love theatre because even big, big film stars, telly stars, they love that creation side and a- actually having time to rehearse and perfect and and mm. uh, work and that in. live feedback as well, which is oh important. yes, 
Yeah, I mean, I did a I mean, this crazy lockdown time. I did a live, uh, a lockdown live, and it was I was terrified just because I'm so used to having an audience respond and to suddenly be mm. performing just to like your own face is the weirdest thing. Um, how's yeah, it, how's the lockdown affecting you? I mean, is it? Has it I guess it stopped um, everything because you can't be physical. Yeah, can, I'll be honest. I'm, I feel like I'm quite busy. Like I said, I've got I've got a business and a company, events company, which you know we're, we're, it's not a brilliant time for events at the moment. Yes. Well, we're, we're working round the clock to be honest to try and make sure that when we're allowed out again and we get the green light, we're ready to go. You know, for the for the dancers and stuff. But yeah, it's, I'm good. I'm trying to keep creative. I'm trying to keep active. I'm going out for my little r- one run every day. Yeah, like I every think everybody, run. everyone's got obsessed with running. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just become a runner. Well, because performers, I mean, at this time, I think it's going to be really difficult because some some performers don't perhaps um, exercise in a way that f- like um, gym people, fitness people exercise. We we. It's or we, it? yeah. you know, and and to suddenly you wouldn't probably most of them aren't just dancing around their living room like they would in a show or in a or, or in a class. So it must be quite it must be quite difficult. Mm. It's amazing though how everyone's found that they've they've adapted, haven't they? And they're bringing their classes online, like you're yeah. saying. It's it's everyone has adapted well, but it'd be interesting to see when we're allowed out again. Everyone will hopefully want to get back in that studio together. You know. We'll be right back with Matt in just a moment. But if you have enjoyed the episode, in fact, the season, don't forget to hit subscribe. And also you can leave us a review. We'd love hearing what you have to say. You can do all of that on the Apple Podcast Store. So I want to talk to you about your company. It's Can You Dance, isn't it? That you, that can you, you dance, yeah. have inspired thousands of young people. And it's a huge event, isn't it? Is it, is it once annually or twice annually? That you're doing no we we actually have um about 21 events now <gasps> oh my goodness i thought yeah. i thought you just did one massive one at like excel no we have, you know, we have one big one a bit um, which is the flagship one which is at the mns bank arena in liverpool then we have uh eight kind of what we call regionals which are all across the uk which yeah. are almost the the big one is like 12,000 people then the little wow. ones are 2,000 people and then we have what's called intensives which are kind of a lot more smaller with like 150 people so this and are these like are they like summer uh summer workshops I mean do they go on for like a few days what and and is it everything is it kind of if is it just predominantly dance or do you do a bit of everything some events are kind of are just purely studio training based and then other events are more exhibition uh, master classes and performance kind of showcases and stuff where they, the schools bring their kind of you know their rehearsed group performances yeah. to compete as well I mean it's 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 brilliant it's the it's kind of like evolved like I wouldn't have expected it to to be honest with you like we're doing stuff now with a, a scholarship scheme where we've got I mean, we must have hundreds of kids in, in performing arts colleges. And I know for a fact we've got like eight in lanes who are just on full scholarships. And, wow. You know, they've just all been picked up at different times at different colleges. It's is, it all, is it all kids? Is it all under 16 or is it, is it for anybody? That's it. We're eight. Well, we have minis actually now at the super convention. So we go from five. That's yeah, brave. Five. <laughs> I'll send mine. Know, you might stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five. And it goes all the way up, really. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so where did it, where did this idea come from? Because you were, you were incredibly busy. You'd been an incredible performer, very successful. You, you then 
been an incredible choreographer. Where did, how did you have the time to do it? And where did the idea come from? Yeah, so ba- it basically was like, like my, my choreography career, um, I kind of, I put to when I went through So You Think You Dance and basically that kicked that off. And also I met Tom on So You Think You Dance, who is my business partner for the event. Right. And the reason we started it is because when we came out of So You Think You Can Dance, we got loads of kind of emails saying, can we have a workshop? Can we come, yes. come to this? And we thought rather than go to eight places, why don't we try and get them eight schools into one hall? Yeah. And that's how it started basically. And then that was eight years ago. And then now it's just kind of, snowballed that's amazing that's so good because you're just you're just giving the next generation you know an an insight into our business and do you have any I think we talk about it so much now about the kind of mental support the emotional side of it the how tough it can be this industry especially Mm. with the highs and the lows and the the rejection and and do you um, do you deal with any of that in your workshops? Do you talk about it? Do you have anyone in to talk about it? Or do you have competitions within the workshop? It's basically something we've introduced the last couple of years, actually. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, mental health for dancers. We've, we launched a big teachers convention this year in Leeds at the Northern Ballet. And uh, we saw about 250 teachers there. And, they, and we had people lecturing all about, you know, how to spot things in dancers and how to how to, you know, pole dancers through certain things we have lots of kind of audition classes at the conventions as well where you know principals of like erdang and different colleges come and lend their advice and kind of what are the do's and don'ts yeah we we try and cover we're open to new stuff as well and suggestions all the time to see what people need and what people want it seems just it just seems more apparent nowadays whether it's just people that are talking about it a bit more but it just seems and especially at the moment there seems such a vulnerability out there with people obviously not knowing what's going to happen and people losing jobs especially our industry Mm. because obviously Mm. we go right down nobody's working nobody can work um the uncertainty really isn't it because obviously once we are allowed back into society again it's like will theater and will (laughs) once we're let out with our jazz hands dancing down the streets well what i've been loving is some of the kind of videos of uh, performers working in sainsbury's and stuff oh my God. They're, they're doing yeah. their performances and yeah. uh, at 3am i mean tiktoks has changed the world hasn't it i think it's just yeah. i love it though i love a tiktok and you can spot the dancers pop up i just think oh it's amazing i think they need to get more creative though but I guess they're kind of limited with the family members that they have, which is funny. Um, yeah. Do you think when you were younger, um, being a boy in... Did you dance from, like, day dot? Did you start it very early? I started at 12, so I wasn't crazy early. But. So that's that's interesting as well, because 12 is quite... Uh, you're quite aware of yourself at 12, and you're, you're, your peers are quite vocal at 12 um how mm. did did you just go into it and were very headstrong and get did you get any grief did you get any peer pressure from other people did yeah grief got grief definitely got grief um basically i kind of the reason i started was uh, my my mum and auntie were kind of involved in a dance school and they were starting up a boys class um. and they didn't have anyone to go so i kind <laughs> so of so you were there forced <laughs> to go yeah uh, obviously loved it um but yeah, I kind of was made to, my dance teacher kind of took no prisoners to me. I was like the scarecrow. I remember doing grease lightning in the school fate, you know, with all my mates watching me. It's like, what the hell am I doing? But yeah, it was tough. It's tough, but it is a tough couple of years, isn't it? I mean, 
especially when you're a young lad dancing, it's, yeah. it can be hard. Do you think it can change, though? Because we, uh, we spoke to Arlene Phillips earlier, and uh, she, you know, being a woman in this industry, and be, especially being a female choreographer, how brilliantly she sustained this incredible career especially you know now she's in her slightly older years as well and kind of that uh, the prejudice that might might come do you think it kind of it switches for guys because early on they kind of tend to have a tough time because they're the minority there's tons of girls perhaps not as much now there's more boys and guys doing it earlier but later on do you think it's still quite predominantly male in your field Absolutely, yeah, I do, and uh, creatively as well. Def- mm. Is that what you mean? Creatively, yeah, yeah, yeah. On your side, because yeah. it definitely, you know, it, it definitely is on our side as well. But I just wondered if it, if you feel it. Absolutely, absolutely, you do. You know, sometimes can be sat around a table with producers and stuff, and it feels quite male heavy. Yeah, and you know, a lot of creative teams now, it's it's important that you have to have kind of you know equal uh, female. You know, if if it's not just the one. Yeah, that's good. Not that I'm crossing over to choreography at all, because I'm horrible. But um, uh, give me your highest moment in your career, your the the most important part for you that you most enjoyed, the bit that gave you the buzz, just the best bit. It, can, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's big or small, just your best bit. Uh, it's so hard, isn't it? it is, it's isn't so it? Hard. Yeah, it is. It is. I hate that question because for me, there's so many, but. There are certain ones uh, you know, that I want to. I'll pull back to like you were saying about having family involved and stuff like that. For me, what gets me more than anything is like pride, and you know, I, when yeah, nice. when um, when I was doing Blackpool for Strictly last year, kind of the first time I'd ever done it, and it was obviously a special occasion, and I'd done the opening number, and my parents were there, and I remember being kind of like we have, we have like a, a a village where we watch the, on the screen how it's going and stuff. Um, and I looked over to my mum and dad in the audience and I could just see them both like crying. And I, for me, that's kind of like what it's a, like, what it's, it makes it so special for me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's not just work as well. It obviously means so much to them. Yeah. Like oh, it's lovely that. Yeah. It's, it does mean a lot when your family get involved. It, I mean, were your, were your family creatives? Well, one of them, did you say uh, ran, a, ran the dance Ran a dance no, my mum worked at the dance school as a kind of secretary. Uh, my dad is a taxi driver. So my so, grandma was a dancer, though. My oh, was she? Was okay. So yeah. it's interesting if there's some in the family, because it's not in mine at mm. all. It couldn't be more different, but wonder where it yeah, comes Yeah, my from. cousin, I used to dance with my cousin when I was younger, and then her her uh, kid, Fern, is now a big dancer. So it's in, it's in, the, it's in there somewhere. You it, know? You, yeah, it, well, it didn't come out of nowhere. Mm. Um, okay, so now we've done the highest point the lowest point emotionally physically whatever it is just your lowest point that you've had so far I think the lowest my lowest point was when I was a performer and I'd started you know what it's like you start a new original cast West End show and then in like we did the opening night and then we got our closing notice oh yeah. on the opening night and it was just like oh my god like I'd, I'd taken out all this kind of like financing I was like oh no I'm not gonna be able to get through this yeah it's crazy how that can work isn't it it is tough and, and have you had any moments like when you do something massive that you think this is like this is the pinnacle of my career I'm doing something massive and then after that like some for some for example like with Strictly there's so many people you're surrounded by especially you you know you have 
teams of people that you're working with very closely we get you know we get thrown in room with people we have to get on very quickly and we get very close very quickly and then you're kind of torn away and you're moving on to the next thing but that Mm. that interim time of the the aftermath the come down of of coming out something so huge have you had that have you dealt with that and and how do you Uh, deal with that You deal with it all the time. I've just, I mean, I've literally just, I've just done, like I said, Saturday Night Takeaway and it was meant to be seven episodes um, with the seventh one in Disneyland, Florida, kind of Uh. all on location. (laughs) Got got my visa, got my visa, flights are booked, you know, and then episode five we did without an audience and then episode yeah. six I'm at home yeah. and then they're doing Ant and Deck are doing it from the living rooms and then episode seven obviously we're not in Florida oh. you know I'm just I'm sat in my house not allowed oh. out you know <laughs> and, not, and, and not everyone's dealing with the same thing but it's like that's just one example isn't it you can be on a, the best high of your life and then next minute you've got to deal with the what's happening yeah but I, it's it's something that I wanted to talk about it was it was kind of what inspired the podcast because I it's I guess it's a privileged situation to be in when you've had these massive experiences and they are incredible and that we're like you say we're very privileged to be in that situation but the how you come out of that and I know I especially for something like Strictly where you're perhaps dealing some people that are being taken from their usual job that's completely different that's not show business and being Mm. put into that environment again it's you're surrounded by lots of lovely people it's it's not um it's not going to be your every day and then you're ripped out of it and how to how to then deal with that is yeah I think the way it works I mean in Strictly it's it's a real eye-opener for people as well yeah like you say they're coming from a world where they're, they're not used to this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it is really high intense. And that's why the, they have the Strictly Curse thing, you know, because people, I think, do get kind of enlightened almost as well. Yeah. And that 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 afterwards is just so, is difficult for everybody, regardless if you're in the industry or not. Mm. Talk to me about, I love Maureen Lippman. I met her on, um, I, we did a Radio 2 thing. I was doing a, a Friday night, it's music night. And I remember walking into a dressing room and she was just sat at the end of the dressing room and it was me and her. And I couldn't believe it. It was one of those no- moments you're kind of pinching yourself going, oh my God, I'm sat here putting my makeup on next to Maureen Lippman. And she was the nicest woman I think I've just ever met and so grounded. But you've just, oh, you did something with her. Was it Daytona? That was fun. It was like quite early on in my choreographic career, actually. And then it was another one of those, my agent rang me on the, let's say, a Tuesday night and said, Matt, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, nothing. So can you be in the studio in Hampstead at 10 a.m.? I was like, why? He's like, you're going to be choreographing this play in the West End. And I was like, what? Crazy. So basically it was a style that I didn't know. I had to basically stay up all night. Um, so from about 10 p.m. I kind of worked till about 4 p.m. 4 a.m. like learning the style of the dance oh that God. I had to teach them the next day. You never say no, do you? you just no, say yes of course. And make it work. Yeah. yeah. Can you ice skate? Uh, yep. No. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was just basically working um, with Maureen and another guy called Harry Shearer, who's like the voice of The Simpsons. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely, lovely. And uh, it was, yeah, it was only like two weeks rehearsals, but it was, uh, I really enjoyed it. She's lovely, Maureen. Do you ever get kind of, um, do you ever get kind of, uh, you walk into a room and go, oh my God, that's a superstar. What am I going to do? You know, because you're still relatively young. I mean, you're very experienced, but walking into, like, not Maureen, because she's wonderful, but perhaps a huge, massive star and think, 
I'm suddenly under pressure. I'm really nervous. Have you ever had that? I don't, I don't you really just take it in your stride? <laughs> I get, I get uh, starstruck more from talent. Like, you know, someone who I really appreciate talent-wise, I think, yeah. rather than celebrity. I mean, I've, I've kind of been thrown in with, you know, with lots of pop stars and that doesn't really, I don't really get crazily scared. To yeah. I just treat it as it's a, That's good. try and give it a bit of banter and it's you know, treat it like a normal person. Yeah, it's great. So um, where, if you could, if you could be anything, do anything in 10 years time, where would you be? What would you be doing? Apart from sitting on a beach uh, in Berisius. <laughs> yeah, I want a, a really kind of passionate about keep keeping uh, Canny Dance growing and we've got loads of, at, at the moment in isolation we're working on loads of new ideas so when we get back you know we can launch these out and really try and you know help dancers again I just for me I'm passionate about making sure that UK dancers have the right you know advice and, and events and stuff going on that's that's a big thing for me do you ever uh, use them do you ever use any 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 of the people that you yeah have? yeah absolutely um I, there's there's a boy called louis who uh for example we kind of we spotted him when he was like 13 at an event got him into performers on a full scholarship he graduated from performers then i cast him in kiss me kate at oh. sheffield crucible and i've used him for like the national uh, loads of people for jobs it's uh, for me that's the best thing like yes. watching them come up and then using them for jobs as oh well. it's, it's brilliant though no, but that's i mean for for up-and-coming students i mean that's the best thing to know that there is a chance there's a possibility that you're you can open doors for them and and a lot of colleges kind of uh, uh, don't perhaps do that you know they 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 mm. do their training and then that's kind of it which you you kind of need a helping hand of what's next so that's brilliant yeah. that you kind of offer that so just before we let Matt go, I have to ask him one final question that I have to ask all my guests. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be of how to keep calm and carry on? I bet the best advice that I, I think I always want to give is, like, don't just want to be a choreographer or don't just want to be something, like a singer. Like, for me, the reason I feel like I've been successful is because... I made myself learn how to edit the film and I, and all these things, music editing and all these things coming. That's why I move fast in the job I do now. You know, it's like try and make it as 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 you know, as broad as possible in what what you do, basically. Yeah, that's more really chance good. of working, more chance of working. You know, that's no, brilliant. That's really good, Matt. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. I know that this is going to really kind of hit home with a lot of young aspiring new students that are training at the moment, and they're going to be absolutely super excited that you're on here. So thank you for sharing oh, your stories and thank chatting, you. and uh, hope you survive the rest of lockdown. And uh, I can't wait to see you doing your thing again, and uh, maybe we'll get yes. to work together again. Yeah, it's been lovely to it see you. It was lovely to have you on. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you so much for listening. Wow, these chats go so quickly. And we're almost at the end of our season one. I've got a couple more guests coming up for you who are super exciting. But that's almost it until season two, of course. And I might have a little surprise for you coming up, a little bit of merchandise, so keep an eye out for that. But thank Matt for talking to us today. Wow, what a story he has. And also thanks to our gorgeous producer, Martin, at Peroxide Media. And of course to you, the listeners. I wouldn't be here without you, and I really appreciate you tuning in. So until next week, have a wonderful week. Goodbye. Goodbye.